Hi, I'm Ryan, and welcome to episode two of Am I Ready to Be a Father? If you haven't listened to episode one, I highly suggest that you go back and start this story from the start, because in episode one, you met my beautiful girlfriend, Bridget. I want kids. I want a family. I want to be a mum. That's all I've ever wanted. Both Bridget and I turned 30 this year, and while society says that's a great time to have children, in the previous episode, you also heard me whinge a lot and make a lot of excuses. Is this the end of fun and spontaneity? Is this the end of our ability to save money? Is this the end of any, let's quit our jobs and do a passion project kind of pipe dreams? And I get up at 4am every day for work. Is this the end of me ever getting a full night's sleep ever again? Is this the end of putting in those extra hours and getting that promotion at work? Having children seems like such a big commitment, and it's something that until the last year or so, to be honest, I'd never really put that much thought into. I've been making excuses and in this episode, Bridget grills me with all the hard questions. Do you actually want to have kids with me at all? Why make all the excuses? If I told you right now that I was pregnant, how would you feel about that? Why sort of make all the excuses? Why not just say honestly, yes, I want them or no, I don't? Are you just going to keep making excuses until it's too late? Later on in this episode, you're going to hear me squirm and cringe and try to answer those tough questions that Bridget has for me. And I know, whilst it's a bit awkward for me, it seems like every single one of my friends in relationships are having these exact same conversations. When I chat to some of my mates, when I meet up with old people from high school, it seems like most people are having this debate and having it pretty regularly. Now, whilst it can be awkward and you're nervous and the stakes are high, it can actually also be pretty fun. For instance, I've been joking for years that if we have twin boys, that we're going to call them Larry and Gary. There's yeah. no way I'm calling my kids Larry and Gary. Why not? They're awesome. No. Laz and Gaz, the boys. No, mm. we will also not be naming them anything that can have a Z on the end of it, or like some Aussie bogan. So no Maz, Daz, Shaz, Razzle, Taz? No. Damn it. <laughs> So many couples are having these exact same conversations, but you never get to be a fly on the wall for other people's chats. And you're going to hear that later on in this episode. But right now, a love story. Bridget was born and raised in New Zealand and is a winemaker. And she's been traveling the world making wine. And whether you call it fate or luck or whatever... When I moved to Bunbury in Western Australia to work at a radio station, Bridget was working at a winery just down the road and happened to be roommates with my new co-host. You'd just moved to town to start a new job and I was living with your new co-host. She was my roomie and we'd been friends for a couple of years from that point. On my first day in Bunbury, a big group of us all went out for lunch, but I didn't really get to speak to Bridget all that much when we were at the restaurant. But because she'd just bought and moved into a new house... She had an idea. I invited everyone back to my new house to sit on my porch and have a few beverages because it was such a beautiful sunny day in Western Australia. And you sat next to me and you were trying to tell me some stupid joke and I don't recall what it is. No, my jokes are never stupid. I'm sure it was an awesome joke. And I don't remember what it is, but I remember I had to hold your hand and look deep into your eyes and you had me from that moment. And what? And that was it? That was it. And everyone, I remember talking to a few friends a few a few months down the track, probably a year down the track, and they said from the moment you guys met, the chemistry between you guys was electric. Like, you could just see that it was definitely... It was always going to end up this way no matter what path it took. Bridget is incredibly smart, caring and down-to-earth. 
I work in commercial radio and do other things in media, so I spend a lot of time with personalities and creative types, which can be a little bit full on and they're always sort of performing at you, which is why I think Bridget really stood out because she's so chilled out and she's really easygoing. When we met, she just bought a house on her own. She was winning awards as a winemaker and I know these aren't romantic things, but I just couldn't help but have a lot of respect for her. She also has this really cool, calm confidence about herself that says, I'm happy with who I am and I don't need to prove anything to anyone. She's great to have a serious chat with, but then really easy to have a laugh with as well. I'm struggling to put it down to just one thing and I'm struggling to explain it, but I just really liked her. Years later, I think Bridget was a bit surprised to find out just how soon I'd fallen for her. When did you know that I was the one? Or do you not know yet? No, I definitely, I definitely, you know, I know. I tell you every day. I know. (laughs) You just want to hear me say it. Yeah. So you remember that day I came around for a coffee in the morning and you were like, oh, let's go down to Margarita, down to the the surf pro, the beach. Yeah, that was so spur of the moment, eh? Yeah. And so we drove down there. It's about an hour and a half from where we live down the beach. And then we spent the whole day chatting. I think I met you like two days before that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we spent an hour and a half in the car together on the way down. Went to a bar after, then we drove back together. And I think after I dropped you off, I left and I was sort of driving out of your street, out of your cool house that you own. <laughs> we had this cool day and I just went, oh, fuck, I think I like, I feel like I really, really love this girl. And it's really strange because it's very unlike me just to like fall hard. I'd always sort of have my guard up or reasons mm. not to have a girlfriend. And I think I even yeah. tried that on you at one stage, which is, could be a podcast in itself. Oh. <laughs> Am I ready to be a boyfriend? Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and so we had those chats and I was like, look, I don't have the time and actually, you I'm know what? I'm going to be moving and... And that's probably yeah. all the exact same excuses as I'm making for not having kids. But you know what? This has worked out pretty good for me, hasn't it? Yep. Um, no, I think I just realised something right there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I, yeah, after that day, which is the second or third time we met, I was just like, I love this girl. I didn't realise that was so early on. Are yeah. you joking? No. Also, you were a smoking babe and I was like, I need to get me a piece of that. I used to be a babe. Are you saying you let yourself go? I reckon I did. You know, you get comfy in a relationship and all that. <laughs> let me just put it on the record right now. Bridget is still a mega hot babe. So anyway, the other day we were on the couch and I actually asked Bridget, when do girls start looking at guys they meet, not just as a potential boyfriend, but someone who is a potential father for their children? So we've known each other for about three years and been together for about two years. When did you start sizing me up, not just as a potential (laughs) suitor, but as a potential father for your kids? I think really early on, I think I said to you, I want to be a mum, I want to have kids. Like, if that's something you don't want, walk away. You said, you need to tell me now so I can find someone who does. Yeah, because that's a big thing for me. I tried to finish that conversation on the couch by being nice, but as always, it ended with Bridget mocking me. Do you think I'll be a good dad? I think you'll be a great dad. You'll be awesome, Mum. You reckon? Yeah, you'll be real good. <laughs> I love you, baby. I already look after you. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say I love you. You're supposed to say I love you back. <laughs> I love you too. There is a high possibility that reading this message out is going to probably make me cry again. So I'm pretty sure I cried while drunk while writing it, but that's fine. Don't worry about it. We met Liam in a previous episode. He's one of my great mates and he knows me really well. And we're currently looking for a text message he sent me a few months ago whilst drunk on his birthday. He claims it has all the answers for our conversations in it. Oh, you, I'll yeah, find you got it. it. 
Um, there might be a few F words in there. Um, do you want me to bleep well, the, them out? The next question is, why is Bridget great for me? I and I feel like that's going to answer the, it. Yeah. I think that's also in there. After digging deep into the archive, Liam finally finds the text message he's talking about. He was trying to tell me in a text, whilst drunk, on his birthday, why Bridget was so perfect for me. So I said, yeah. however, I so rarely get involved in a loved one's love life. Cool. And it's so against my values to use emotional manipulation, but it's my birthday, so I'm allowed. Bridget is legit. Like, should have gone to our high school legit. You don't get that often in a person that isn't one of us. She gets you like I get you. She's your girl and your bro in equal parts. She's supportive yet challenging, the kind that will move you forward if you stay in radio or if you switch in the future. She and we as all your mates will make up for any and all shortfalls you fear about having kids, not that I think you'll have any. She makes you better while never changing you. Not that it matters, but she's also an enviously red-hot babe. (laughs) (laughs) I even then, I go, I could go on forever, but in the end, my message is, don't let your insecurities deny you what you deserve. And then I go on to say that I love you and shut up, we're going to start that part. Bye. (laughs) Um, So in the cold, hard light of day, (laughs) months later, are you going to stand by that? Yeah, I stand by that. I think I was going to say, I was going to say surprisingly fairly eloquently put, I find, for how intoxicated I was, wasn't it? (laughs) I've actually made some sense there. You might also remember my cousin Max. In episode one, we were giving his young twin boys a bath and trying to chat about fatherhood. So is it both better and worse than you thought? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And just like Liam, Max agrees that Bridget is perfect for me. You're not exactly, have never really been the sort of the commitment kind of guy. And she's probably pretty. I don't know if, if if you just fell for her or something, but she um, she seems to be able to either deal with that about you, <laughs> or or you actually just really just fell for her. Liam and Max are both right. I did fall for Bridget. She's perfect. But some days I feel like I'm being such an asshole, and I feel like I'm stringing her along. I don't know why it's so hard for me to just dive in and do this and have kids, but it is. I don't want to cost her her dreams. I want to make Bridget happy. Bridget is the most beautiful, caring soul in the world. She'll be an incredible mum. Anyone would be so lucky to have her as a mother. She's super smart, super cute, and normally a little bit shy and doesn't like getting that much attention. She's very, very rarely on our radio show, so I was pretty surprised when she said yes to being on this podcast. But not only did she say yes, Bridget's done her research and she's ready to hit me with the hard questions. So I guess the first thing is like, do you actually want to have kids with me at all? I think so. I just don't know when. I suppose one day is just so very blasé and non-committal. I mean, I broached this topic with you 18 months ago. We moved to Canberra and I said to you, you need to start thinking quite seriously now because I want kids. That's something that I've always wanted And if you're not on board with that, then you need to tell me now so I can make a decision as to whether I want to stay or or go find someone who does. So I suppose that's really what that question is about is uh, in the last 18 months, (laughs) have you actually thought about the fact that I came to you and I asked you seriously, do you want to have kids? Previously, like say when I was leaving Western Australia to move here, it would have been like, what's the best radio job? What's the best radio job? What's the best radio job? Yeah. But now, and this to sort of answer your question, I'm thinking yep. where have we moved next door? If we stay, it's, is that going to be a great place to have kids? Right. Like it's a factor. Like yeah. it's, I'm putting, it's in my plans. Yeah. <laughs> or when I sort of think 
oh, if we do that, what's that going to look like? Yeah. I'm factoring that in. And what sort of support system we might have around us or might not. Yeah. So obviously moving back to Melbourne, all those cousins, all those nieces and nephews, all my friends, my mum and dad. And as much as it's just nice to be around them, when you think you've got a baby, you've got all this help and support and babysitters and (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Can you come around? Or which again, 18 months ago, I was sort of being like, no, I'm taking the best radio job. Whereas now it's what's going to be the best for for me and you and our family. Yeah. Um, so that's a, even though it's not a romantic answer, it's still like. That's a pretty romantic answer. Really? <laughs> yeah, because that. Oh, but I mean, sh- talking about logistics and not just like love and blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, but I think that, I mean, it shows oh. me that you're being serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I was going to say I don't go out much, but again, at the day of recording, I got so <laughs> blind on Friday night. <laughs> um, but but I, th- I went out with a mum Two weeks ago and we were out till 3 a.m. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's – it's another excuse that's oh, no, no, I wasn't. No, that's not what I am saying. Why I'm saying this is is that as much as I sometimes like having a, a drink or two, <laughs> I also like not going out. I like when we just spend a night together. Yeah. Um, last night because I was – it was the day after a big one. We just had pizza and watched a movie and, and for me those nights when we're sitting on the couch with the baby – or like putting the baby to bed and then sneaking down to watch a movie together. Like when I was 20, you'd be like, how dare you stay home on a fr- Saturday night? Who are you? <laughs> and for me, that's will be the nice moments when, again, you know, you've, you've had dinner, you've done the chores and it's just like, you know, we've got this little baby or babies and we're all on the couch or, you know, laying on the floor and watching a movie or something. And, yeah. and even yesterday morning, remember when we were cuddling in bed <laughs> and I was like, oh, these would be the nice times. Like a Saturday morning when the toddler's just sort of crawling around on the bed and you sort of, half cuddling and half wrestling and just having, you know, quality family time. Yeah. And again, years ago, you know what I'm like, as soon as I wake up, I'm like, I'm off for a run, then we'll get a coffee, then we'll do this, and then I'll <laughs> write a couple of things about that, and then we'll go and do it. And now yeah, I think I'm I'm quite content. Just when I'm with you, we don't need to do anything or go and prove to ourselves how cool we are by doing, <laughs> you know, going to that new cool place. Um <laughs> You know, we're really uncool, right? (laughs) Just a little side note. This chat happened in August 2017. I was about to be out of contract and we were currently deciding where we were going to be living the next year. If I told you right now that I was pregnant, Mm. how would you feel about that? Um, Even just hearing that, it's like you can hear, I can feel the the hairs on my (laughs) neck. I think I'd be, wow. I'd be... I guess a bit excited, but then also extremely terrified. <laughs> I think that's a normal response of any yeah person has, yeah. And just the nature of my brain, I'd start... Strategizing. <laughs> yeah, you know, just t- more like timelines, like how far along, what, when are we going to have this kid, like what, like what time, like... Yeah, but remember there's like the good part of an entire year to wait... <laughs> I think the if I was pregnant right now question is a good one. So I put it back on Bridget and I asked if the fact that we don't know where we're going to be living is an issue for her. I think I would be excited and nervous and and scared all at the same time, but more excited than anything else. But would that side be a factor? I don't think so. Because you're very, we'll just work it out. You say that all the time. We'll just work it out. It'll be fine. It will. We will just work it out. Because some things you just can't plan for. And I think if you try and plan you overthink the situation entirely and you miss the point 
sometimes I feel like you're missing the point. I'm missing the point. Yeah, like the point isn't to have this perfect life where we know exactly what's going to happen at every moment. That's not the that's not the point. The point is to just and brings me to my next sort of point mm. is like you you are overthinking the whole thing. Well, he's making like, a podcast from not <laughs> part of it. <laughs> that wouldn't be a definition of overthinking. <laughs> now, whilst Bridget and I are laughing a little bit, she's not done hitting me with the hard questions. So then I suppose, you know, since bringing it up 18 months ago, mm. at the time I probably freaked you out something pretty serious. I think you were very standoffish with anything at the time. Yeah, I, I think you weren't really expecting me to just pull that. Um, and you're probably quite surprised from it. A little bit. Well, it's a very busy period. Uh there's a lot going on at the time when we started talking about it and I felt like this was, to be honest, just another thing I had to think about when I already had too much on my plate. Yeah. And so that was, and again, it's sort of like, well, there's never the perfect time. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock and I was like, oh, are we really having this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, the next point I sort of want to make is like, why sort of make all the excuses? Why not just say like, honestly, like, yes, I want them, or no, I don't. I was really struggling to think of an answer for this question, and before I could mutter anything out, Bridget started listing all the excuses I've made. Not having enough money, which is kind of bullshit. Not wanting to lose your freedom. Not having the right house. Not getting enough me time. Living too far away from family. Not knowing where we'll be living. Not being able to go and intern somewhere for free. Like, not being able to pick up and just go whenever you want to sacrificing like all the hours you spend on your job for being a parent which is also bullshit Bridget is absolutely nailing me and just when I thought it couldn't get any harder this are you just going to keep making excuses until it's too late um well no like I hope not so what happens if we wait and we wait and then we can't get pregnant? And I've waited and I've waited because of your bullshit excuses. Well, how old is too old? Like- well, it's different for everybody. But sometimes it can take years to become pregnant. It's not like we're going to decide and then it happens tomorrow. Like, that's not how it works. Maybe my little guys are just really strong and good to go. Don't joke. Well, yeah, I don't know. My mum was 22 when she started and she couldn't get pregnant either. I don't know like yeah I know but like she had to go through IVF and that's expensive for a start so yep. there goes all of your um, money <laughs> excuse <Damn. laughs> but that also has like serious impacts on a relationship and, and on my body and I don't want to rely on science to get pregnant probably offensive to our possible future children if they listen back to this <laughs> but, and whatever and I'm sure that I'll enjoy it but the main reason, if I were to have kids in the next few years, the main reasons it would be is to give you what you want. And I know that sounds weird and it's, it's not like black or white. But no, but... That's the main driver at the moment for but me. But that sounds like you're just going to give me the kids and then you're just going to drop Oops, them in like <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And I know, then you're just going to want to keep like living your life. And I'm like, well, no, this is something that we... Like I want to do it with you. I mm. want to raise kids with you and I want that to be 
like a, a new chapter in our like relationship and us. I don't want to be, despite what I just said before, I don't want to be one of those dads that is absent dad and whatever, gets home, kids are already in bed, whatever, <laughs> and just sort of the provider and that's it. No, I want to be like a dad who... Like, I think that's my whole thing of like, if I want to do something, I want to do it properly. Yeah, but I think that if I can't it's do just it properly, you, you shuffle, you shuffle things and you make time. Suddenly your priorities shift. And I think that you'll find that that would just happen naturally. You won't have to actively think, oh, got to schedule in time for little Jimmy. And like, I don't think that's going to be a thing. I think you'll naturally progress to wanting to have that as your number one priority. Yep. And you'll make sure the other things are done in order to have that as your priority. Bridget keeps pressing me. She really wants me to be honest, and I'm trying. But she just wants to know why I keep making excuses and wants to know what exactly I'm really scared of. Why make all the excuses? Why not just be honest and... Well, I think... I like the idea of it, but it's the everyday realities and the relentlessness that is the scary part just another little side note bridget and i always talk about a hashtag van life which basically means us buying an old van doing it up and going traveling around australia for years at a time yeah like when we dream about hashtag van life and you think about you know we've had dinner and you know you're having a wine and i'm having a beer and we're just sitting there with the kids watching the sun go down it's like oh how good's this yeah we've made it we've got everything yeah but then it's the the everything else <laughs> the constant running around and all those other excuses and fears and i don't know i feel like the the good bits are really really good but the the bad bits are not really really bad but just like i said it's just so present all the time and almost draining. Like I've seen parents and they just look shattered all the time. Yeah, but I think that you're also coming from a place of not really knowing what it's like to be a dad either. No, I, so I don't. So you're I forming no an opinion, both bad and good, on something that you know nothing about. Bridget is so right. I don't know anything about this. But there is one thing I do know for sure, and that's that I don't want to be a bad dad. You often say, like, I, I won't know what to do. I don't, I don't want to be a bad father. Yeah, I don't want to be a shit dad. Yeah, nobody wants to be a shit dad. But I think the fact that you're even saying or having the opinion that you don't want to be a, a shitty dad, I mean, that alone is going to mean that you're not going think, to be a bad father. You think I'll be a good dad? I think you'll be a great dad. But I think because <laughs> I think anything you don't know about, you research to the nth degree. <laughs> and it shits you, doesn't it? <laughs> Every time you I watch a movie. I love it because you've always got some random factoid, but <laughs> I, th I think that even on this situation, and we were watching something the other day and they said, even if you're the type of parent that goes out and buys those five new parenting books but doesn't even read them, the fact that you've bought them means that you're going to be a better parent than someone who doesn't. Because you care. Because you give a shit. Bridget has a really great response to every answer I have and I'm starting to feel dumb again and I feel like I'm just wasting her time. It's almost weird to have to consider someone else. I think I'm probably quite selfish. I've always just looked after me because no one else has ever really needed my help. I just lived with mum when I was younger and she was always working so for most of my childhood, it was just me. But Bridget disagrees. She thinks I've been looking out for her for years. I think one of the biggest reasons why I truly fell in love with you in Bunbury is because when we spoke about issues that were 
going on in our lives. And this was before we were even properly dating. We were just friends then. And we'd go, remember we'd walk on the sand dunes at the back beach. Yep. And there'd be no one around and it's just so serene there. And, you know, I'd speak to you about problems that I was either having at work or with friends or... But you always had this way of coming at a situation from a different angle, an interesting point of view, some way to take me out of my insular world that I was in and and put me in a place where I could start to think and, and tackle the tackle the problem. And I, I loved that about you because you you wanted to, to like help me see my way through a problem. And I think we both did that for each other. It's both funny and frustrating that Bridget thinks this is a good thing. Studying economics and being a big fan of Freakonomics, the books and the podcasts, I've always tried to look at things from different angles or think of a different way and just be a bit curiously annoying, really. I've actually thought it was a huge weakness. I've had lots of bosses say, are you questioning me? And people get really offended by it. But Bridget seems to think it'll make me a good dad. Yeah, I think, like... You're just going to have the best fatherly advice. Despite our chat at times being awkward and a bit cringeworthy and for me a little bit excruciating, my chat with Bridget has actually given me a lot of perspective. Just like I like to find different ways of thinking of things and different ways of looking at things, for every crappy excuse I have, Bridget seems to give me some insights and some perspectives that all seem pretty logical, doable and, and actually quite rewarding. The next episode of Am I Ready to Be a Father is a little bit different. When it comes to chatting fatherhood as a son, a stepson, a dad, a birth father and a father figure, no one has a more incredible story than this guy. In episode three, I go to the house of Australian music royalty Jimmy Barnes. We talk about his parents and his upbringing, which is all in his book called Working Class Boy that came out a few years ago. It's an incredible rags to riches story, but also a harrowing tale. And whilst he's gone on to achieve great things in music, it's an absolute miracle that he even survived the poverty, the drinking and the violent streets of Glasgow and everything else that his childhood threw at him. In the book and our chat, he talks about changing his name from Jimmy Swan to Jimmy Barnes after his stepfather, Reg. He even began to call Reg dad, which he claims was an accident at the time, but I asked him about it again. I remember reading in the book that you sort of called him dad sort of by accident or it just sort of slipped out. Is that exactly how it happened? Do I think maybe subconsciously it's sort of almost the ultimate respect? I think it slipped out. You know, when I when I first called him it, but I think it was because I realised that he was he was actually being that to me. You know, that's when when I remember when we were asked to change our names from Swan to Barnes. I looked and I thought about it. This guy was was the father that you know he he was the guy who was sort of up in the middle of the night, you know, helping when I was when I wake up scared. He was the guy who would sit me down and try and talk sense to me in the mornings, help me with my homework before he went to work. You know, he was the guy who would take me and show me where he grew up and what he, how he, you know, how he learned yeah. to respect his father and all sorts of stuff. My dad didn't do that. Yeah. Jimmy and I also talk about the difference between biological fathers and father figures what it means to be a real man. And he also has some advice for Bridget by telling a story about how his now wife Jane put the pressure 
on him. And she said, well, if, we, if we're not going to get serious, if we're not going to move on, I'm going to go back to university and do something in my life and, and go to America. And I said, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to get married or, or else I'm going to go. And I didn't want to lose her. And I went, yeah. uh, okay, we'll get married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your advice to Bridget would be threats and blackmail. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, no when you're ready, do it. Yeah. And I, I, you, know, I think you know yourself. You know? And, if, she, and if, you're, if she's right for you and you're right for her, neither of you are going to give up on each other. Thanks again to Max and Liam for being a part of this episode. A big thank you to my girlfriend Bridget for being a big part of this episode. And thank you very much to Brody Green for mixing the audio and putting this episode together. My name is Ryan John and I'll chat to you in the next episode of Am I Ready to Be a Father? Mm-hmm.